welcome to the New Life Fellowship podcast. New Life Fellowship is a community of grace in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Our goal is to teach and share and experience the life of Jesus Christ together. You're about to listen to a message from one of our meetings. Please make sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca. Without further ado, let's listen in. Well, it's still morning. Good morning, everybody. I think this might be my first time on stage here. I'm like super pumped. Welcome. Welcome. I'm, uh, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks, Greg. I'm super excited to have a conversation with a new friend, Jen. Jen Holbrook. There we go. There we go. Is this okay? Okay, perfect. So uh, as was mentioned earlier today, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit more about um, Jen and your, your role at the Pregnancy Center. And um, just before we get into that, though, I just want to make a couple comments. Um, when, anytime that we're talking about an issue that has been like incredibly politicized um, and very, very divisive, um, like, like abortion, there's a huge, a huge opportunity um, for the enemy to take, take the words that I say or that we say and twist them and um, use them to pile shame on people, use them to pile guilt on people. And so before we even get into anything, a couple things. Number one, that's not at all our heart, absolutely. Um, our, you know, if you, you go through scripture time and time and time and time and time again, like our father is very, very clear with us that number one, you know, there is, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's in, that's Romans 8 verse 1. Romans 5 verse 9 talks about how the wrath of God has all been completely poured out and it was poured out on Jesus. And there's absolutely no wrath left over. There's no anger left over that God has towards us. There's no frustration left over that God has towards us. So, um, and then also Hebrews 10, 14, um, talked about how Jesus really was one offering for all time. And you and I have been made perfect because of that. And so the other thing is, is in, in a group this size, is it's probably not even a question that there have been lives here that have been, that have been touched by abortion. And um, so our hearts, I know you'll get into this a lot more, but our hearts are to, to be a source of healing and to be a source of comfort, um, not at all to bring, to bring shame or, or guilt at all. And um, the second thing I'd like to say is that our focus today is not going to be on the issue of abortion. Um, we're not going to be discussing the morality of it at all. Um, really, what we want to do is, is kind of what I, what I want to do, at least for myself, is um, get a clear picture of what kind of circumstances do individuals find themselves in where that's a really difficult decision that they're having to wrestle through. And then how do I, as somebody who loves Jesus, and I have strong feelings about the morality of abortion, but how do I still um, like balance that out, I guess, and like with compassion and like what does it look like to to really be Jesus. I mean, the talk about like celebration, the point of celebration, like what is it, you know, we can all celebrate because we are, we're a child of God. Like all of us, to some extent, 
uh, we have all experienced the incredible transformation that God brings. And very often for me, like for, I think for everyone, but very often for me, that's at the hands of another believer, that's in the lives of another believer. And that's something worth celebrating. And I, I know that there's a huge celebration that actually happens. Oh, this is my, was my key. There's a huge celebration that happens when we get to, we participate with Christ, we walk into places. So I, that's the, for me, that's the biggest question that I have. And so that'll kind of guide our discussions, but why don't you just introduce yourself and then I've got a video to show as well. And Sure. Am I working? Great. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. It's such a privilege to be here with you this morning. Um, I've enjoyed already the time of worship. What a rich time. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great privilege to be able to talk about the work of the Pregnancy Center. So my name is Jen, Jen Holbrook, and I am the Executive Director at the Pregnancy Center in downtown Kitchener. Awesome, awesome. Cool, so you've got a video you want us to show? I would love to show you a video yeah, to start today off, so. Sometimes good news isn't good news at all. when you don't have a support system. When you're already overwhelmed. So in our, in our several earlier conversations, Jen, you, you kind of commented that that video really kind of positions you and the Pregnancy Center really, really well. And maybe you can just kind of talk a little bit about, um, about the, the work of the Pregnancy Center. Maybe you can touch a little bit on your, like your role there and like what draws you to that. And Sure, I'm happy to share that. And so as the executive director, I'm responsible for the mission and the vision and the operations. I brought a picture of my team today. Do we have a picture back there? I work alongside an incredible team of women who are passionate about serving Jesus and who are led by the Holy Spirit. And so it's such a joy in my work to work alongside this team. I have a story about how I got involved at the Pregnancy Center and it began back in 2012 when our family decided to foster. So our family of five, became a family of seven. And we brought two little girls 
into our home. There we are in 2013. Um, it was a joy to provide a loving and stable home for these little girls, but we watched their birth mom struggle. We had a relationship with her, but she had so many obstacles in her life, and as much as we wanted to help her, she wasn't getting the support she needed, and eventually she lost those little girls. But we knew she loved them, and we knew she desperately wanted to parent them. So this led me to the Pregnancy Center. Uh, in 2015, I became a mentor to a young girl named Giselle, and I knew at that moment God had been preparing me for this. Um, and after that, I became a staff member. I worked in programs, client services, and as of recently, I'm serving as the executive director. I know as well that I'm a parent, as you can see, of three children. And I don't know about you, even this morning, I'll tell you a story. I woke up and I knew I needed to pray. I was coming to speak to you, and I thought, man, I need to pray. And sometimes when I pray, I close my eyes, and I have to remind myself that God is real. And so I do a little dialogue. Okay, God, I know you're real. I know you're the real deal. I looked out this morning. Our family's in transition. We're living at Conestoga Lake for a few weeks. And I looked out this morning, and it was snow all over the ground. It was beautiful. Mm. But there were yellow leaves on the tree. So I was like, this is awesome. And God, you're real, because this looks so beautiful. I also do this dialogue with myself, and I say, okay, I gave birth to three children. I grew a human being in my body. I know that God is real. This is the real deal. God places such value on children, and he places them in families and in communities. And I think about Jesus and how he was so countercultural, and he talked about children. And he said, wow, these guys have so much value. And so for me, having my own children and just knowing that God is real and he places us in families and he puts such value on children, I knew that um, he wouldn't want to turn a blind eye to the reality that I was seeing at the pregnancy center. And that reality was simply that women in our community are entering into pregnancy and parenting and they don't have support. They don't have what they need. They don't have the resources, and they don't have the community. They don't have the support. They're often impacted by mental health challenges, poverty, generational trauma. And so I knew I wanted to get involved in this work. I wanted to, can I tell a story? You don't, you don't even need to be here. No, I, I, can, I can just talk. <laughs> Yeah, no, go ahead. You jump in at any time, okay? I think everyone here would agree I don't really need to go on stage. <laughs> you jump in any time. Although if you see me wearing a bathrobe after the service, you'll probably know why. That's, That's fine. That <laughs> Inside joke. It's a, okay. I'd like to tell a story um, that happened recently. It's a, a client who came to our center. Her name is Becky. It was a really busy day, and so I was called in to do an intake. And so I sat with Becky, and she looked really young and really scared, and her eyes um, were down. She wouldn't look at me. So I had to ask her a few questions. What's your name? What's your birthday? Her birthday happened to be the same day as my oldest son, so it stood out to me. Her birth year happened to be the same year as my youngest daughter, Audrey, 2007. This was just a few months ago. So Becky is 13 years old and 33 weeks pregnant, by her stepfather. 
So she had just been in a car accident, a minor car accident on the weekend, and it was there that it came out that Becky was pregnant. And so the reality is when I sit there with Becky, I know that God sees Becky. I know that she's loved and she has value. But her, she gave birth to a little girl, and I know that that little girl needs more than what Becky has to give right now. And so without support, I'm afraid for Becky. But Becky was welcomed into our community. Becky was given diapers, wipes, formula, clothing. Becky was also partnered with a local church, and that church was able to provide a crib and a car seat. And while those things are important to Becky, all those supplies, I think the most important thing that Becky received by coming into the pregnancy center is she was welcomed into a community that cares about her. Um, and people care about how Becky's doing. And Becky comes every week now to meet with our social worker. They talk, I hear them talking about car seat safety and self-care and feeding. And, but most importantly, Becky's love. She's offered a warm drink. And people ask her, how's your night? How's your week? How are you doing? And so Becky is bit by bit learning to walk this out. And so that is why I love doing this work. Mm. I believe that Becky deserves an opportunity, much like our foster daughter's mom. She needed that opportunity to yeah. be in community. Yeah, so that, that's kind of really like the heartbeat of the pregnancy centers mm -hmm. to be there. Um, so when, so the question that's in my mind right off the top is, um, I know that like federal regulations, like uh, as a pregnancy center, you aren't really, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I don't understand, you're not really allowed to steer the direction. Yeah. You have to provide all the different options. So like, how do you stick handle that? Like, how do you, how do you handle that? I imagine that's a difficult part. Like, what does that, like, what does that look like for you and for your team? Absolutely, so when we meet with someone who's abortion conflicted or unsure of what to do, um, we offer something called options counseling. And so absolutely, when we sit with someone who's unsure of what to do, we feel like the most um, important thing is that she understands she has three options and none of them are easy. Yeah. And they're all very difficult. And so we talk through the reality of each of those options and we don't sugarcoat any of them. Parenting is not easy. I know it, you know it, right? Adoption is very hard. And same with abortion. And we talk about the reality, and we ask a lot of questions. And we also do a lot of listening. Um, our goal is to let someone who's um, afraid and unsure have an opportunity to talk. We talk brain science sometimes, where yeah. that back part of their brain where they're running from the bear is in full gear because they're so scared. And But by sitting with them and offering empathy and compassion, um, that frontal, prefrontal cortex can start to work, and that's where you make decisions. And yeah. so as much as it is difficult, we do provide information yeah. about all three options, the yeah. reality, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And, I, and I know one thing that is like you, you kind of like walk with the client right through the entire pro process, mm -hmm. providing Jesus' hands and feet and providing that kind of like channel of his love, regardless of what choice they make which is, if I'm being honest, it's like I feel a little bit conflicted about that at first, but then I think about choices that I make in my everyday life and how my choices don't determine how loved I am and how accepted I am by Christ. And so that's one thing I think, one of the, things, the favorite things I think for me about, about your work and what you're doing at the Pregnancy Center is that 
support and care and compassion through the entirety of the process up to making a choice. And then even on the other side of that choice, what that compassion cares, like it continues on beyond that. I think that's a really important thing. So, I mean, so you're like right in the trenches, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, with women that Jesus deeply, deeply, deeply loves. And I can't imagine that, that that's easy all the time. Like what are some of the hard things, some of the difficult things, maybe, maybe about your job, but also just, you know, in, within the pregnancy center and like some of the, yeah. Some of the challenges? Yeah. There's lots of challenges. Um, every woman that we serve is in crisis of some sort, whether it's um, financial, emotional, relational, and so it's heavy and exhausting sometimes mm -hmm. um, to carry the weight or to feel the weight of the stress and the crisis that are present in all of their lives. Um, and it's not tidy. It doesn't get tidied up really fast. It's difficult, very, very difficult. And um, the second would be the children that we see. I, I find that really hard because every child that's involved is impacted by the circumstances that her mom is in. And she's... Um, we see that time and time again when we bring moms into our, our center for programs and it's, it's chaotic and it's yeah. difficult and you would wish for more time to work with them. Yeah. But the kids are being negatively impacted yeah. often. I, I do find this hard as well. This is a tricky one to speak about, but as we connect with churches um, and the faith community, we value you so much. But there are times when I feel this pressure um, to advocate especially hard for the unborn. And although we, we want to and we see such value in God's creation, mm -hmm. the women who walk through our door, they are our priority. And so when we're, time and time again, hundreds of women coming to the center every month, we're there to meet her needs and listen and, and work alongside her. But marrying that with what our church family and our church community would love to see and yeah. They, they want us to talk about abortion and yeah. they want us to talk about that issue and how it can be resolved. And I think the other you touched on earlier as well is just the political climate. We've been all present through the election this year and there's still a lot of um, political uh, arguments around the issue of abortion, but also as a charity, mm -hmm. um, there's some heat. Yeah towards um, anyone who's anti-choice, and yeah. it's, it's difficult. So we're always navigating all of those things, and it is hard. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to stray too far into this, but I, I also think that as believers, <laughs> I'm also like so aware of this being recorded right now, and I'm like, I really don't want to say something wrong because I'm like a pastor here. And so I feel a little insecure about that. But like, okay. well, I, I think if I'm really truly, truly honest, like I think that morality sometimes is a red herring. And that doesn't mean it's not important, but we get so zoned in on, is this right or wrong? We get so zoned in on the issue. And if I look at scripture and I think about just like spinning through my mind right now, I'm like the number of times the Pharisees or the teachers of the law or like, you know, the religious elite of Jesus's day, they're like, okay, we are going to try to corner Jesus. We got him. It was every single time it was an issue of morality. It's like, is this right or is this wrong? And almost every single time, like I'm thinking about the, the woman caught in adultery. And they're like, the law says we should stone her. What do you think she was, what do you say we should do? Like every single time, Jesus like sidestepped the morality and he went right to the individual and he went right to the heart. 
Because at the end of the day, like Jesus didn't die for, because he was right. He died for love. Like that's why he did it. And again, don't hear me saying that morality is not important or that what's right or wrong isn't important. But <laughs> thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't give you a big hug after that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, heart comes first. Heart comes first. And um, God can use everything. God can use everything. He's been, yeah. So anyway, that's. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of been talking um, using words like clients and using words like resources and like words that are like are very easy to disassociate from the reality of like a struggle. Like that video was like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like my daughter is 12. And like, I mean, it's just, it's, can you maybe tell a few stories to sort of like put, put faces, you know, and put situations, like help to, help to take this sort of what by necessity sometimes is like, a, feels kind of a sterile sort of thing. Can you kind of help sort of flesh that out? So just give some stories or whatever about. Sure. Some of the stories, I'd like to start with the story of just, um, there's, there's many women who walk through our doors who are just so stressed um, and unsure what to do and their life circumstances are difficult. They don't have any big, I can tell a lot of big stories um, about, but I wanna just highlight just women who are finding this so difficult to be single parents and to be pregnant and not have the resources or to worry about food. Um, there's one story I can tell you. It was a few years ago. I met a client, and she came through our doors, and she was pregnant. She was eight months pregnant, and she had just arrived in KW from a maternity home out of town, and she had nowhere to live. You're like, man, this is terrible. <laughs> like, she's eight months pregnant, and she has nowhere to live, and we want to take everyone home at the pregnancy center, and we have limits and rules and things that we can't do, but I'm like, so she should have a home. Like, that's unreal. And so we couldn't, we, we reached out to some of our communities and she still didn't have a home. And so we rented an Airbnb because she needed a home. And so this um, young girl was single and she delivered her baby at Grand River Hospital and I was there and her baby was apprehended because she doesn't have a home. And the Airbnb was temporary. And you think these things shouldn't happen, right? But they do. And so we journeyed with this girl, and we've been journeying with this girl now for three years. And so she lived in storage units often until she was kicked out. And she desperately wanted her baby, and she desperately wanted to be a mom. And I knew that, but she lacked so many things. She lacked all the resources of a home and food and shelter, things that everyone should have. Um, she lacked community. But bit by bit, she was welcomed into the pregnancy center and given a mentor. And we're very proud of our mentoring program where women in the community are trained to come alongside a woman just like Jessica and support her. And so Jessica was given a mentor and Jessica attended our programs and Jessica still lived in storage units for quite a while. And I would go with her to try to find housing and no one wants to give Jessica a home and her baby's in foster care. And these are the stories, like there's so many just like Jessica's the great thing, um, you talk about celebrate. Thanks for bringing that up this morning. It was just a few weeks ago we celebrated Jessica 
because Jessica has a home and Jessica is parenting her daughter and Jessica no longer has family and children's services telling her what she can and cannot do. She called me so excited, but I missed a lot of traumatic details in between. But we do see things happen. We see yeah. God at work. Um, we see the benefit of people being invited into community and giving, giving them the basic things that I think we all take for granted. But there are women in our community who just don't have them, but they have children and they're pregnant, they're mm -hmm. parenting, and they're doing this alone. So Jessica is a story that's really yeah. dear to my heart. Yeah. So what's it like to be a mentor? Oh, it's amazing. That's where I started at the pregnancy center as a mentor. Uh, what's it like to be a mentor? Like, what do you do or how do you feel? What do you want to know? Yes, like, I don't know, take that. <laughs> I'll start with you. I'm just trying to pitch softball, like, right over the plate, and you just, like, take, take swings and just, yeah. you just go. Go? Okay. Well, what do you do? And then I'll talk about how you feel or how I felt. Anyway. Um, what do you do as a mentor? You are trained um, to connect with a woman on a personal level. We have a program that we run weekly at the Pregnancy Center, so you would attend that program with them where they would be learning life skills, financial literacy, food and nutrition, all those great things to help a mom. Um, but you get to enter into a relationship with them. And we feel like everything that we do at the Pregnancy Center, although there's lots of information and lots of resources, the most important thing that we do is happening in the context of relationships. Mm, so and good. that's why mentoring matters. Yeah. And that's why it's the, I think the most important work that we do yeah. is connecting women with other women who need someone to come yeah. alongside them. So they would meet um, in the community on a monthly basis and have coffee. They would attend appointments with their mentee um, sometimes they attend court appointments or hospital appointments, or sometimes they just talk and walk in the park. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, I have mentored a number of women over the years, and it's just such a joy to take, I think, what God has given me and to connect with someone else. And I see things happening in the context of mentoring. Mm -hmm. A lot of girls will take programs. When you're working with Family and Children's Services or other agencies, you do need to take programs. And the information is so good that these women are getting. But without the context of relationships, someone to come alongside and talk it out with you and walk it out with you, it is not the same. Yeah. So being a mentor is such an important, and we see great things happen at the center when yeah. women are paired with a mentor. Yeah. So if there's somebody who's listening who's interested in possibly yeah. like, what are the next steps? Like what does the on-ramp look like? For like, sure. The on-ramp, uh, you can connect with us at the Pregnancy Center. There's an application, we have to do a criminal police check, and then there's training, yeah. and then you're brought on board. So, yeah. Is the training like pretty long or? No, it's not long at all. Everything has changed since COVID, but um, yes, it would be a one day, one afternoon training, and then ongoing training, and yeah. so our mentors will get together regularly and learn new skills or talk about new challenges and work together and grow together. I think it's a beautiful form of discipleship, actually. Yeah. The women that enter our mentoring program, it's like being in a community themselves yeah. where you're learning and growing in your skills of asking good questions and what does it look like to come alongside someone without telling them what to do. And I think it's an excellent form of training yeah. for all of us. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I don't think I qualify to be a mentor. Like, so what would, like how, what are ways that someone like me could be involved or like support? Great question. When I was working in the MUMS program as client services director, we would work with MUMS and it was 
amazing to hear the feedback as we talked about how do we manage our finances better? How do we make choices when we're spending? And the girls in the room were so enthusiastic and eager to make changes. I remember talking about communication skills, like learning, helping them learn how to speak to someone who wasn't treating them kindly. And they would say to us, that's all well and good, Jen, but when I go home and I have a partner who just doesn't care and doesn't hear any of this, um, it's hard, and it is hard. Like She can't be responsible for also trying to learn it herself and then go home and teach a partner who's not at all interested in how to speak kindly and respectfully or make better decisions about finances. I say all that, Josh, because we don't have a program for men, mm. but we wish we did and we see mm. a need. And so we would love to connect the men who are connected to these women into something. We've brainstormed like barbecue nights. There's a million ways that yeah. we could maybe begin to bring men into it, but there's absolutely a need. Yeah. But for now, you can't be a mentor, Josh, yeah. I'm sorry. So I, I was thinking, so are there other, I'm, I'm sure I can give you money and you'd be grateful I, I was for just going to segue into that. If you, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. There's so many ways people can, if you're passionate about seeing the climate around abortion change, I would say become part of a community where it becomes possible for a woman to continue with her pregnancy and thrive. And at the Pregnancy Center, that is the work that we're doing. We want our community to be hospitable to women, that they can see a hopeful future. They can imagine I could actually do this. When we're asking questions in options counseling, we say, well, what would be the barrier? Like, what would need to change? should you want to continue with this pregnancy? And when they can start to imagine that their needs will be met, a light goes on. Often they want to continue, not always, but often they do. They just can't see a hopeful future. And so we believe that if that is something you're passionate about, become part of our community. Um, there's many ways you can be involved, not just being a mentor, yes, providing support. We have a center in downtown Kitchener. That is where a lot of our clients are. Um, we've just moved in COVID. Um, we have a center that's bigger now. So we used to have a room that could maybe fit six people, um, but that wasn't adequate. So we've moved. We have a bigger facility. So please consider giving to the pregnancy center so we can continue providing those programs in person. We have counseling rooms. We have a larger care closet. So that's a program where people can receive diapers, wipes, formula, clothing, and baby supplies all for free. Yeah. Um, dignity, they can come in and shop and take it away feeling yeah. really good. So yes, please consider supporting. And if you're passionate as well, we have something called The Village. And The Village is our monthly donor program. And we, why I want to talk about that is when we think about the needs of women in unplanned pregnancy, it's not a one-shot thing. You can't just give once and it's all solved. I've talked a lot, I think, about coming alongside this yeah. long game of support yeah. for women. And so being part of our monthly donor program allows you to surround a woman in what she needs long term. So monthly, they would receive a package of diapers, wipes, formula, um, and they would never um, be turned away. One thing at our center, too, I was going to mention this. Did you put this up there? There is a slide about our numbers. Um, I'm not sure if you can find that slide that talks about Yes, thank you, that one. I'd like to share that with you. If you look back in 2019, that 13, 1,306 is the number of clients that we saw come through our center that year. Yeah. In 2020, we were actually closed for three months, but we continued to see more clients coming to the center, hearing about the support. And here in 2021, we prorated those. You can see that the numbers are increasing. 
When I first started at the pregnancy center, we would only give out what we had. So if you gave us diapers, we'd give them out. You give us clothing, we'll give that out. We now don't want anyone to be turned away. We don't want a woman to walk through our doors and think that she's going to be receiving help and we say, so sorry, we don't have any today. So part of our budget is we purchase these things. We make sure that when people come to our center, um, they get what they need. And that's a challenge for us. We were used to only giving away things that were free and now we're purchasing um, in order to have enough. And so giving to the pregnancy center, getting connected. Some people do diaper drives, some people do wipes drives. They gather people they know and collect a whole bunch of stuff and bring it to us. It's hugely helpful, yeah. hugely helpful. That's fantastic. Um, I know that you, there's a, um, I've, this, there's like a cookie drive you're doing or something like that? Oh, yeah. And my, and like my girls love baking cookies. So I'm like, can you like talk about that a little bit? And then sure, I can talk about cookies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like them. Uh, do you? <laughs> yes. Very much for so. Sure. We have a party every year. We talk about traditions actually with our clients, um, helping them think about tradition in their home. Many of them don't. It's chaotic, but we encourage them. Think about a tradition that you would love to do. This is beneficial for your children. Do something and do it again, and then they look forward to it. One of our traditions that we talk about at the Pregnancy Center is our annual Christmas party, and so we want women to feel so loved and so supported um, by our community at Christmas time, and so we have a party for them every year. And there's ways that our community can help out. So I think on the slide it lists some of the things that we're giving out, um, so they come, there's also a party, so they come in, they receive cookies and drinks and all kinds of fun things, and so, yes, we are always looking for people who would love to celebrate Christmas with us, and if you can provide any of those items. We had, I mean, just a few years ago, I think we had 35 women, we had to adopt a family, and we made sure 35 women were loved well at Christmas, and then last year it was 70, and this year we opened our registrations to 150, and it was full within the first day. Oh my and so we've capped it. It really stinks when you have to cap things, right? Yeah. So, but we're celebrating Christmas with 150 women. So please think about joining us Man, and making cool. cookies. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground and like we're kind of getting close to the end of how much time we have. Um, I'm sure there are questions that you get that are like really good questions that maybe I haven't asked or is there anything specific that you're like, I just really feel that this is a, a really important message that I want to share. You've got, you know, a lot of really invested people who have deeply compassionate that are listening. And um, what's something else that, you know, you really feel like you, you want to say? Hmm. It's very open-ended. It Thank is. You. Um, I think this work is really hard. And... When I think about partnering with the local church, I know that there is a compassionate and generous community behind us, and we really value everything that the church does. We think that there's a lot of um, conversation happening about women's reproductive issues in the news and in politics, but we just can't imagine this conversation um, being void of the church. Like, why, why don't we get to have a voice? Why don't we get to show up? And I think this is how we show up. Um, we have so much to offer. Um, we are a generous and a compassion-filled community. And I think that women should not be out there pregnant and parenting without resources and without support. And we know that God's desire for families and for people is to be free and to be whole 
And I don't think we should turn a blind eye to that and do nothing. And so there's so many things that you can do. Um, even making cookies makes an impact. Our, the women that come to our center, they, they'll say they come to get the resources, but the truth is they come because they're loved and they're known. And so we believe that God is at work in the work that we do. We have a passionate staff team that love Jesus. Yeah. And it's a joy. Um, we talk often, even just recently at the center, we talked John chapter 15. We're talking about the vine and the branches and how if we remain in him, this beautiful fruit is produced. And it's not just us being nice and no. doing good things. It's because we connect ourselves to Jesus and that he produces this amazing fruit in our lives. And that is the love that women in this community need. And we believe that it's the church, it's us, that we can do that, and yeah. we can do it because of Jesus and his yeah. spirit. So join us. Um, if you're interested in hearing more, I'm always happy to talk about yeah. the work that we do. Yeah, I mean, that's such a, power, I mean, such a powerful uh, scripture bringing in because the other side of it is, is like for us, it's, it's not that, like sometimes I sit around like, oh, where's the fruit in my life, you know? <laughs> but the reality is, is like, that's really not how you see the fruit, I don't think is I think how you see the fruit is you put yourself in situations that make you nervous or th situations that make you, or like the kind of like where you're being stretched in some way, you're, fo you're following a prompting, you're following the invitation that Jesus says, hey, jump in here, become a mentor, help here, do this, do that. And as you follow that invitation and you find yourself in a place where you feel over your head, the fruit is you watch Jesus do things through you. It's like you, it's like Jesus is asking you to show up. He's inviting you, go to this place, show up, trust me. I want you to like, gamble on the fact that I'm gonna be there and, you, and it's gonna be something incredible. Like that's, that's where the fruit can really be kind of uh, born, I guess, is everything. And it's, and it's his life through us. Like that's, the, that's the, um, the whole point of kind of like of what we're doing here. So um, thank you so much for this time. It's been really great. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna pray for you and then we'll just, we'll wrap up here and but. Father, you're so good and you care so, so deeply about each heart in this room and the, each heart who's like listening or, or watching online and you care so deeply for your creation. Um, you know, I feel like not even a, a, a small little sparrow dropping out of the sky. Like you are aware of that and you care about that. And if you care about that, how much more do you care for us? And how much more do you care for women being put in incredibly difficult, painful circumstances, being faced with even more painful choices? Father, I pray that for uh, each heart in this room, each heart who's listening, that you would make it very clear to each person listening how you want them to be your hands and feet right now. Um, thank you so much for Jen, for her team. Thank you for the Pregnancy Center. I pray for incredible blessing on them and I pray for protection on them and that you would continue to do your amazing, amazing work. Um, I'm, just, I'm just so proud um, of the work that you're doing, Jesus, and that I get to be a part of it in, in different ways. Um, amen. You've been listening to the New Life Fellowship podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more great content, please be sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca, and sign up for our mailing list. 
subscribers will receive our The Life in the Apartment ebook that is sure to encourage and bless. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the latest services and additional video content. New Life Fellowship is a registered charity that is supported by the giving of partners and friends. All donations will be received. If you would like to donate, donate at newlifekw.ca. Your giving is highly valued and appreciated. You are loved. Take care.